Hey, it's Tom. Welcome back to the Cannon Boomers podcast. This week, we talk with Antonio DeRose, a competitive trail runner who uses cannabis every day to help him train better, recover better, and just live better. This whole episode is focused on cannabis as a wellness tool that you can use to help with insomnia, arthritis, anxiety, and we even dive into using it as an alternative to alcohol. I know a lot of baby boomers and people who aren't baby boomers are interested in all those aspects. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. This is Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast, CBD, microdosing, and all things related to medical cannabis for baby boomers. From San Diego, here's your host, Thomas J. So, Antonio, tell us where you are today. I am in Boulder, Colorado. Nice, living the life up there. Trying to. You're a competitive distance runner, and you also have a business helping people figure out how to use cannabis for wellness. So I do uh, competitive trail running, and then I'm also a certified personal trainer, and I specialize in... um, incorporating cannabis into fitness routines. Obviously, you have some experience using it yourself in your own competitive endeavors, I would assume. I use it for both performance and recovery. Um, I consume before I train and after I train, and then I'm also a consumer daily, so I consume uh, pretty much all throughout the day. I was a distance runner for a while. I can, I guess I can get how it could help you focus. You know, if you're on a training run that's 60 minutes or longer, it's easy for your mind to wander and you do kind of want to monitor your body while you're going through that workout. Is, is that how you use it? For the focus side of it, yes. It definitely creates a, uh, a better sense of body. You kind of get more in tune with your nervous system and uh, creates a better mind-body connection. Right. Like how many miles a week are you running? Um, on average, I don't train um, as much as I run. Our season right now uh, ended for the year. Uh, we ended last month, I think, for our race season. So I'm actually transitioning into uh, more strength training right now, preparing for next year's season. But during uh, like the peak of my race season, I'm running at least five miles a day. And I checked your Facebook page and you, you have a lot of sponsors. So obviously you're, you're pretty accomplished at this. What sort of events are these? How, how long are you running and how big is the field and all that? Sure. So it actually uh, depends on the event. We do a variety of different athletic competitions. Um, the first year that we started this was back in 2016 and we, uh, and by we, I mean uh, my wife, Heather. Heather and I created our business, which is now Greenhouse Healthy. We just uh, rebranded to Greenhouse Healthy this year from Marijuana Fitness Nutrition uh, to better focus in on our goals of educating people about plant medicine in general, not just cannabis. It's just one, um, one tool in the toolkit for wellness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that year we did all of the 420 games. So we're actually the first people to complete an entire 420 games national tour. And it's the only traveling athletic event series that promotes cannabis as part of a healthy and active lifestyle. The, uh, the race itself is 4.2 miles for those. And it's just a 5K plus an extra mile to prove that people who consume cannabis aren't lazy. And then mm-hmm. we stepped it up this year and we did the entire Colorado trail series uh, sponsored by La Sportiva and that consisted everywhere from 5Ks to 11Ks all high altitude runs um, in the Vail Valley of Colorado 
And we also did a Spartan obstacle race this year. So we that was on Fort Carson military base here in Colorado. And that consisted of about 15 or 20 um, obstacles. And then I think it was about five or six miles total. But our big long distance competition that we did this year was the Ragnar Trail Relay. So we actually got together a team of eight athletes, all who consumed cannabis. Um, and we went to the Ragnar Trail Relay in Snowmass, Colorado, which was 114 miles total, uh, split up between three different legs for each athlete. And each athlete did 14.4 miles total amongst their three legs. And we compete, we completed the 114 miles in under 23 hours. Wow. Uh, how did you place among your competitors? For the Ragnar Relay, I think we came in somewhere in the middle. We weren't really focused on the placing as much as the education and awareness. We were actually wearing... Um, our whole team had specific clothing. We all had cannabis leaves on our stuff, and we were talking to people and having conversations. We were the only cannabis-positive team that was there uh, that was specifically focused on that. And it's actually a family event, so it takes place over three days. There's a camp out, and you camp out with everybody, and they've got a big village full of vendors. So there was lots of opportunities to bring up the conversation of how to incorporate cannabis into wellness. And a lot of people um, are already doing it. They just don't really talk about it as much. Well, Colorado, and then I know I've seen the 420 games out here in California, and I guess those are going to be the leading markets, well, Washington and Oregon too, I suppose, where there's some receptiveness to the whole idea of uh, cannabis for wellness. Do you run into much resistance to the idea? Not much resistance as much as questions. Um, a lot of people will question it just because they don't necessarily um, look at it either as a medicinal product yet or um, they don't realize that athletes are already consuming it. But there are professional organizations like Athletes for Care, who are a group of professional athletes that came together. Um, they're all retired professional athletes from all different sports. And they're getting enough press to where it's becoming more mainstream and people realize that it is part of a lot of different athletes routines because the market's actually everywhere. I'm also heavily involved in Missouri and uh, Missouri just became the 32nd state to legalize medicinal cannabis. And a lot of the athletes out there consume it, but they don't talk about it because of uh, backlash from either a job they hold or the particular sports organization that they're, um, they're working under. Sure. We're at that moment in time where there's still sort of the undertow of 80 years of prohibition in, in the just say no messaging and that it's the devil's weed and all that stuff. And then we're pivoting to, wow, it's good for you in so many ways. So it's really interesting to me that you're kind of on the forefront of that showing that, yeah, I can be a very competitive athlete using this plant-based substance to, like you said, help you focus. And then the, did you say for recovery as well? Yes, definitely for recovery, um, anti-inflammation, and then for pain management as well. Uh, running on the trails that often can be really rough on the ankles. For me personally, the impact, because uh, I ran more this year than I've ran in any other years, and I had some sciatic issues from spinal decompression, um, and it really helped with that as well. Right. Part of my audience, at least, are baby boomers who are familiar with muscular and joint pain. 
Tell us more about that. Do you take a tincture? Do you use a balm? How do you administer? And is it cannabis or is it CBD or is it a combination? I actually do a combination of pretty much everything. And how I consume is all products. So I do everything from tinctures to edibles. Um, I prefer flour. I do consume concentrates and I use topicals a lot. And then I also use um, just hemp derived CBD, which doesn't have any THC in it. It just depends on what it's for. I'm also a product tester. So I get paid to blind test different cannabis products um, and then rate them to give consumers a better idea of what those products uh, would be best for or if they would be better for certain things. As far as um, my general use, my general use is going to be flour and then topicals at least every day. So as a runner, are you concerned with your lungs at all? Do you do you vape or do you smoke? I prefer to smoke. Um, I do vape sometimes, and then I also vape concentrates. So that's the um, like the shatter or the wax or you know they have live resin. There's so many different types of extraction methods and extraction products. But I prefer the flour. I've been consuming cannabis for over 15 years. I started with flour uh, 15 years ago, and I think that there's a big benefit from consuming the raw plant. Um, you get all of the um, cannabinoids that are in the plant. You get all of the, um, the different terpenes. The terpenes we're finding out are being uh, very, very important to the health and wellness aspect as well as the effect that it has on people. And the terpenes are what causes the smell. It's why it smells different in each different plant. Sure. So you have a lot of experience. Um, and when you're talking about concentrates, we're not talking about microdosing. You're getting a, a pretty good dose. Have you identified a favorite strain? How do you feel about indica and sativa? Honestly, it's a tough subject in the industry um, because for... Anyone being introduced to cannabis, it's a good start to understand the difference between indica and sativa. But once you get into the industry, um, you realize that it doesn't necessarily have a indicator on effect as much as we thought it did or as much as they're telling people. Also, I've worked on a cannabis farm. I spent an entire season from seed to sale on a 6,000 plant, all outdoor organic cannabis grow. And um, I've also, my wife worked in a dispensary, in a medicinal dispensary here in Colorado. And then I have tons of friends who've worked in different dispensaries and on different grows. And unfortunately, um, sometimes strains get mixed up. So you might be presented with a strain at a dispensary and it might not necessarily be the exact name that's on there. Um, and then as far as the indica sativa goes, it's a kind of a good indicator of how the plant is going to grow, not necessarily the effect it's going to have on the user. But if you go into a dispensary right now, that's what they're going to talk to you about. Is they're going to talk to you, do you want a sativa, which is typically associated with a head high, or do you want an indica, which is typically associated with uh, more of a body feeling? But I honestly, I don't, I don't put any... Um, like weight in strains. I'm not concerned with strains. I know certain ones I tend to avoid um, just because I've found that if I consume that particular one um, from different places, it has a certain effect on me. But I can consume, I consume say like a Durban poison um, at one shop and then I can consume, consume a Durban poison from a different shop and they'll have totally different effects because the way that it grows and how they grow it is going to have a significant outcome on the effects for the consumer. 
Right. Well, I've heard some people just say out and out it, it's bullshit. Um, you know, there's, there, there's so much hybridization that's occurred and it, those are really meaningless terms. But again, as you say, for the consumer, you want some idea of what you're getting. I mean, I haven't smoked a lot and, and ran, I, you know, it was decades ago and when I was at school where I ran with a friend and we'd get high. I think for us, the thing was once you got out, you got to get out the door because uh, there's always the danger of couch lock. If it's, you know, if you, if you don't have the momentum, you could end up just sitting there. Yeah. And they associate a lot of Indicas with couch lock. Um, personally, I consume Indica before I go run. Um, and the reason why is I like the sedative effect that um, some of the, the headier strains tend to have. And it also helps with the pain management. So if I'm having any issues with my spine or like my ankles or anything like that, um, it's going to dull my pain down to where I don't really notice it and I can really loosen up and get into a run. And then since it does have a sedative effect, it also helps me focus, even though it isn't really a, a head stimulation. Uh, it helps me get in the zone because I kind of zone out a little bit and I really get into the run. You're describing some pretty arduous kind of trail runs. I mean, you probably have a lot of rolling hills and like the Spartan race, you've got obstacles. So you need to have your, your wits about you as well. Yes. The, uh, the La Sportiva mountain series here in Colorado is one of the most beautiful runs, but it's all, um, high altitude and the terrain can be super rocky. Uh, one of my favorite runs actually just goes, it's called, um, the berry picker and it actually does the berry picker trail in Vail, Colorado. And it's through the woods, uh, tons of roots, uh, tons of elevation. And then you go up and then you go down. It's a really, really cool run, but it's very technical, but honestly, that's one of my favorite, uh, trails that I've ever had. Cool. Do you, are you wearing Nikes or Merrell's or what kind of footwear do you, do you prefer? Uh, this past year I actually, uh, went with La Sportiva's and I was trying out the La Sportiva Raptors and then the La Sportiva Lycans. So I ended up doing the Raptors, which are more of a, um, they kind of have cleats on them. I did those for the uphills. I did a veil, um, hill climb, which was 7.1 miles, just straight uphill. And then, um, the berry picker, which is just, uh, it's five miles, just straight uphill with average grades of 14%. So the Raptors really helped with the traction. And then the rest of the time I just used the lichens, which, um, are a really good trail shoe in general. Well, and you have to be listening to your body to figure out the exertion and stuff. I assume that cannabis helps in that regard. I mean, you have a, probably a very finely tuned ability to gauge your effort when you're a little bit high. Yeah, for sure. It definitely, uh, like I said, it does give you a better mind-body connection, in my opinion. And for me, that allows for greater neuromuscular control. That makes sense. Have you heard of the Dipsy? No. That's a run up in Marin that uh, sounds like it might be right up your alley. It's uh, Sometimes it's old guys who win it. Sometimes it's younger people. But it's just like uh, the Marin Highlands are really a challenging terrain. And it's uh, they made a movie about it a long time ago. Uh, Bruce Dern is in it. You might look it up. It's... <laughs> I've always wanted to do it, but you have to, I think you have to win a lottery to even get oh, it's one of those. entered in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, really yeah, Those are tough to get into sometimes. Just always sounded like so much fun. Yeah. I have to check it out. We've covered the running. Tell me about your business and what you guys are doing and, and how you got into that. So we actually got into it. Uh, we started working on that farm and the people that we worked with, because there were several people on the farm, uh, they all had different stories. And we moved to Colorado from Missouri in 2015 my wife actually has epilepsy and we came here for the medicinal cannabis and 
when we coming from a conservative state like Missouri, um, like I said, I consumed for over 15 years. I've only been living in Colorado since 2015. So most of that time was all in Missouri, which is an illegal state. And, but I always, I was never vocal about my consumption because I didn't want to get fired from my job or get in trouble. And once we came here and started listening to people's stories and how it really had a positive impact on their life or improved the quality of their life in some way, uh, we realized that we really wanted to get involved in the industry. And we were already uh, very focused on health and fitness at the time. So we realized that we could combine the two since we were already consuming before and after we would train. We just didn't realize that we were doing it for all of the medicinal benefits until we learned more. And once we started educating ourselves more, we just wanted to try and break the stigma of cannabis consumptions because consumers of cannabis have always been portrayed as lazy or stupid and it just isn't the case. You know, the majority of people that consume cannabis are just like everybody else. You know, they're top level CEOs, they're athletes, they're um, the clerk at the grocery store. It's everybody. There is no particular genre or like Jeff Sessions says, uh, people who smoke cannabis are bad people. And in seeing all that negative stigma, we realized we could make a change. So we set out to create a educational platform, which started out as Marijuana Fitness Nutrition, um, which we had as MJ Fitnut um, online. And we got so much support. Um, we had 12 sponsors within the first three months of starting our business in 2016. And this past year was super uh, successful with people supporting us getting out and educating and we realized that that's what we wanted to focus on was the education piece so then we switched over to greenhouse healthy uh, in october so our goal is to educate people not just about the medicinal benefits of cannabis but also uh, plant-based diets and eco-friendly products and how your um, everyday choices can contribute to the quality of life for everyone on the planet as well as the planet itself. So when you say you have a platform, what does that look like? Do you have events or how do you engage with people? So we do have events. Um, we actually just hosted a vegan hempsgiving in November. We're big proponents for hemp foods and um, the industrial use of hemp across all areas that it is um, available for, which includes textiles, uh, manufacturing, it can replace plastics, hempcrete, it can be used in homes. But I'm going to end up going off on a tangent and to answer your question. Um, so the events we do are experiential events. Uh, the vegan hempsgiving that we had, all of the food was entirely plant-based, so there were no animal products. And then we also had hemp infused into every single um, dish that we had. And by infused, I don't necessarily mean like a CBD, although we did have CBD there. We actually had a CBD coffee and we had a CBD tea. And then we also had a CBD toast that we did. Um, but we actually had hemp foods in all of the, the dishes. Like so hemp, we, hemp seed and stuff? So hemp seed was in some of it. Um, we even had a we had cupcakes that had a uh, maple cinnamon hemp sprinkles on top, which were uh, seasoned hemp seeds. 
but we partnered with a couple of hemp food companies that make hemp food products. Uh, they're both local companies in Colorado. One is Hempway Foods. The other is Truthful Bites, and they both make um, different hemp food products. The Truthful Bites, we had their hemp chorizo and their hemp Italian sausage, and that was in a couple of different dishes. And then the Hempway Foods makes an actual burger replacement. So they have a Hempway Foods burger, and we used their burger crumbles in the main dish that we had. Wow, I was unaware of that. I use hemp seed in my oatmeal almost every day, and I know it's high in omega 3s, which a lot of Americans are lacking. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you get omega 6s out of uh, fish oil and stuff, but can you talk about some of the nutritional components and why it's such a great food? Yeah, it's actually uh, one of the most powerful protein sources on the planet. So hemp protein specifically um, is made up of 65% adestin, which um, no other plant on earth has a higher level of adestin, and it's the most easily digestible protein for the human body. So it's most highly bioavailable protein that you can get. The other 35% is made up of albumin, which is responsible for the um, functioning of enzymes in the blood plasma and the formation of antibodies, so it boosts your immune system. But for the omega-3s, one of the most important things is uh, it's specifically high in omega-3 fatty acid called linolenic acid, which studies have shown help prevent coronary heart disease. So it just helps your body function overall. Um, and then also gives you the protein profile, which is unmatched among other plants. It's one of very few plants that has all 20 amino acids. And it also has all nine of the essential amino acids, which make it a complete protein because the body can't produce those nine essential amino acids on its own. So we have to get those from the foods we eat and no other, not no other, but very few other plants um, have that strong of a protein profile. What a powerful story to be telling. And again, I mean, we've touched on it, but the the 80 years of prohibition didn't help just with cannabis itself, but also with hemp, right? I mean, it was illegal to farm in the U.S., wasn't it? It was actually required to farm. I don't remember exactly when it was, uh, but there was a period of time in our nation where you were required to grow hemp. And that was because they used it for uh, all the rope on the sail ships. They used it for clothing. They used it for uh, the very first American flag was made out of hemp. The, uh, the, the Constitution was written on hemp paper. It was a staple and a backbone of our country for a long time before um, it got demonized. Right. The, the whole marijuana scare put it on the back burner, right? Yeah, and it was, uh, it was actually a tactic done by a group of wealthy businessmen who had investments in the competing industries that we're still up against today. Uh, hemp can replace the plastic industry, so um, it can also help replace the, the paper industry, which deforests all of the trees that give us the oxygen that we need to live and um it's just it's just crazy that money is what stopped it it's not necessarily crazy i mean that's what runs everything essentially but i think uh, i remember something william randolph hearst who owned a bunch of newspapers mm -hmm. uh, yeah he he wanted he had a supply chain that went to forests and he wanted paper made from pulp actually and he was against hemp and he was very influential the story to tell that you're telling now is this incredibly nutritious food product where th there's no psychoactivity there 
And that's something that you can integrate into your wellness routine. In addition to CBD and the training aid that cannabis can be. Yeah, definitely. So part of your mission at Greenhouse Healthy is you've, you've got a platform where you engage people through uh, events and other things where you're talking about hemp as a nutritional source in your diet that can help with wellness. And then obviously the other things we talked about, CBD and cannabis itself. Yeah, we did. Um, besides the events that we do, uh, we also do a lot of promotion online. So we actually write a weekly cannabis and fitness column for five different locally targeted websites in Colorado. And we've been doing that for almost two years now. And then we also produce uh, content on our own website. And then throughout all of our social media platforms, we really focus on social media, on getting out there and destigmatizing because it's obviously the most popular and still growing um, section of marketing for businesses, but also just for education and awareness. And we have a team of athletes that we work with that help us represent the brand. And we also have a charity miles team. Um, right now we've got 16 members on our team. And since inception, which was, we started this in March of this year, um, as a team, we've completed over 2,700 miles, either running, walking, or biking, um, all creating real monetary donations to reputable charities that they're partnered with, like the ALS Foundation and the National Park Service and the ASPCA and several others. Do you kind of counsel or give advice to people or just um, at least give them pers some perspective on integrating this into their diet. I know when I was running, I was always interested in what could help me be a better runner competitively and just putting the miles in. If there was anything that could give me an advantage, I was very interested in investigating that. Yeah, I definitely do that as part of uh, my fitness consultations. So I do work as a personal trainer. We've done group fitness classes, and then we also do one-on-one uh, -on -one personal training. And then, like I said, I specialize in how to incorporate cannabis into your performance and recovery routine, but also um, talking about how to include hemp foods um, for the nutritional benefits. Obviously, like I said earlier, the omega-3 linolenic acid is going to um, help prevent coronary heart disease, and your heart is what keeps you going. It's what keeps you active. And the healthier that is, the healthier you're going to be as an athlete. When you start talking about cannabis, it can get kind of complex. And we've touched on, you know, there's a test and learn aspect to discovering what strain is going to have what effect for you personally. And it might differ sure. from me. So what do you tell someone who's just beginning to try this as a training aid? Uh, to start slow and then also to um, experiment with different methods of consumption. You know, I know a lot of people that um, they don't like the idea of consuming flour because they might be concerned as an athlete about their lungs, even though there has been no research that indicates um, consuming cannabis flour does damage to the lungs themselves. It's also a bronchodilator, so it actually um, helps you absorb more oxygen, which is why I like to consume flour. Well, I'm, I'm in that camp that I'm a little nervous about my lungs. I just seem to, if I do smoke, I seem to notice a little, little respiratory possibility of a cough. And I don't, okay. you know, I don't smoke that much that, uh, that it would become an issue, but it's something I've noticed. And I don't know if you hear that from other people. Some people, yeah. Some people definitely prefer to um, vape. I know some people that just prefer to use um, edibles. 
uh, especially um, ultra-distance runners. They use a lot of edibles because they can consume it before they start running, and it'll kick in, you know, two, three hours into their their run. They're running for, you know, 10-plus hours. There's a lot of people out there that are running 100Ks. Um, people can look up the name Avery Collins. He is a professional ultra runner, um, and he's sponsored by a couple different cannabis companies. Talk about test and learn. That's another thing where you want to get the dose right because it is more intense, right? Yeah, and I honestly, I don't like the term dose um, just because nobody wants to get dosed. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, cannabis, whether it be the flower product or whether it be a hemp food product is a nutritional supplement. And when you go into, eventually you're going to be able to go into GNC or whatever supplement superstore, or whatever store you go to, and they're going to have cannabis products there because it is a health and wellness supplement. Um, if you look at tea, uh, tea is served in servings. So I look at it as consuming a serving and not consuming a dose. Um, and I like to say tea just because it's a good example of another dried herb. Um, because you can actually consume cannabis in tea as well. Sure. What would you consider a serving, like one hit? Uh, depends on the individual. Uh, that's what's so difficult to determine um, like a broad sense of what would be best for everyone. There really isn't a what would be best for everyone. I always recommend if you're just starting out, um, start with one. Uh, start with one hit and then see how that affects you. And then don't oh, don't go overboard and then if you go to like edibles um, i wouldn't recommend anything over five milligrams for your first time and you're not going to feel anything for at least an hour an hour and a half so don't take any more that's what a lot of people will do is they'll take one um, and when you eat it it actually turns into um, a different compound so it takes a little while for the the liver to turn it into delta hydroxy 11 which is what the thc converts into and why it has such a uh, more powerful effect than just consuming the flour or vaping a concentrate we've talked about this with other guests that there are enough compo there are enough complicating factors to this it's not like a lot of things in western medicine where the doctor will tell you you know take two of these pills each day and you're you know, if it's an antibiotic that, that you'll get better or whatever. With cannabis, the patient has to be paying attention and, and you know, maybe you keep a journal or you uh, take notes somehow of the effect. And th there really is sort of a test and learn dynamic at work. Yeah, and I do recommend um, definitely keeping a journal. That's kind of how I realize that certain um, strains will have certain qualities that I don't like. Um, Durban poison, for example, is one that there are certain Durban poisons where it excites me enough, like caffeine, but it excites me to the point of actually giving me some anxiety, especially if I have like a lot of stress going on at that time. So I tend to avoid that particular one. But I also think that um, it could have a lot to do with the terpene profile that's in Durban poisons. That could vary batch to batch, or are there different growers growing that strain and they have different micro strains of it or yes to both <laughs> you just have to be paying attention i guess or trying it i mean you're not gonna want to buy too much of it if you think it overexcites you yeah and it's definitely it's just super individualized so it's like it's just whatever you prefer so if you have um like personally i really enjoy the effect of edibles so um I don't consume edibles all the time, but that's my preferred method of consumption. The only reason why I don't consume edibles all the time is because they're real expensive and um, I'm too busy to make my own. Well, not too busy. I just don't make the time. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a lot involved in that too. 
again, you know, we have an audience of, uh, of boomers who are have things like insomnia, arthritis, anxiety. Uh, maybe some of us are looking for an alternative to alcohol. It seems like cannabis could fit the bill for a lot of these things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would uh, I would like to touch on each of those a little bit individually. Um, starting with the alcohol side, I'm actually um, a recovered alcoholic. I haven't had a drink in over two years now. Uh, I actually... I was able to overcome not only addiction to alcohol, but addictions to uh, opioids and other narcotics back when I lived in Missouri, thanks to cannabis. So it has helped me uh, get over those addictions. Alcohol specifically, uh, for me, I continued to drink uh, long after I stopped using opioids. And I was finally able to kick it a couple years ago. And being able to consume cannabis in social situations is what actually kind of gave me um, the ability to get over it. Because that was the problem I'd always run into, you know, I wouldn't drink at home. Um, but whenever you go out uh, with people or you go out to I go to a lot of networking events, and there's either free alcohol or everyone's drinking, um, and you can kind of feel pressured and you kind of feel um, a little left out, kind of so I would drink anyway, just to kind of fit in. But with being able to consume here in Colorado and being able to consume at the networking functions and at some of the events we would go to or right before or right after uh, really gave me the ability to kind of just stop uh, drinking altogether. And there are products out there that you can just add to drinks. So uh, there's actually one that I use in particular uh, called Ripple, and it's a dissolvable um THC or a CBD, they have both. And I would actually just go to the free bar and order a uh, pineapple juice and just put it in my pineapple juice. And then I'm having a cannabis cocktail um, along with everybody else. And it doesn't, I always felt like I looked awkward, never drinking. But I think that's just a personal feeling. I totally get it. I mean, we live in a society where there's so much, I mean, if you go bowling or you go to a game or uh, any kind of party. Yeah. There's people are drinking beer and wine and, you know, there's a lot of pressure as you say. So it's great to know that there is an alternative. And if you can be discreet about it, you, you don't even have to be in a, in a state. Well, I guess we're, we're not going to advocate that anybody break the law, but in places <laughs> like Colorado and, and California, yeah. it's, it is socially more acceptable now to have a hit. Although I, I don't see it very often. I'm in California and I don't know, you know, if you're in a bar, it's probably not cool. I don't know the laws on how public you can be about your consumption. Uh, we're going to have to find that out. Yeah, I think it varies by county because you, you would have to get a – I don't know all the, the social consumption laws. Right now, the social consumption laws in Colorado are um, pretty crappy. You Pretty much you can, you can buy it, but you can't really consume it anywhere legally right now other than like a private residence. But that's a whole other issue. Yeah, that's a great story to tell. Uh, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people who maybe over decades have, whether they're social drinking or they're alcoholics or somewhere in between, but are concerned enough about their health, their finances, their relationships, or the many ways that alcohol can be a, dis a destructive thing in your life. There is an alternative that you can use to relax and be okay in social situations. Yeah, I agree. And then for the... Um like arthritis specifically, I actually uh, was just published in Chiropractic Economics magazine uh, last month, specifically talking about um, how it can help rheumatoid arthritis and fibrosis. So CBD specifically can attach to the CB2 receptors, and which are part of the endocannabinoid system, and that actually encourages 
uh, the reduction of inflammation in several areas of the body, including tissue, the brain, intestines. And then uh, there are studies out there that you can find that show that it does have a positive therapeutic use for fibrosis and rheumatoid arthritis. So anyone that does have uh, pains in their, uh, their joints, I actually, uh, my grandpa got his knee replaced um, a couple years ago, and he was very anti-cannabis. Um, <laughs> he's very supportive of what I do just because he supports me, but he's still on the fence. And as I've been doing this over the past few years, he's gotten more open to it. And he finally opened up and said that he wished that he had his old knee uh, back because of the pain from the new knee. And when we went to Missouri, we took some CBD topicals and we let him try those and uh, they helped him out a lot. I don't have a new replacement, but I've had, I've put it CBD topicals, a hemp balm on my knees, and I've been amazed at uh, the result. I mean, it's really uncanny. Do you suggest tinctures or capsules uh, as well as the balm? If you're going for just like uh, internal pain, I would definitely go both uh, some sort of oral consumption, whether it be an edible or a tincture. And then um, the topical uh, is specifically beneficial for targeting isolated areas because it's going to absorb through the skin. It's actually, when you use a transdermal or a topical product, it's the most bioavailable. You're going to get 80% of what's in that product versus like if you consume flour, you're only getting like 20% of the actual cannabinoids that are in that flour. Mm -hmm. Good to know. And then for sleep, like insomnia, uh, it's actually, um, CBD specifically has an effect, um, where it balances out your body. Essentially, the endocannabinoid system is responsible for homeostasis in your body. So uh, the good thing about CBD is if you need rest and you take CBD, it's going to help you sleep. If you are well-rested and you take CBD, it might speed you up a little bit like a cup of coffee. Maybe not to the level of a cup of coffee, but it will um, give you a little bit of extra energy. And then with insomnia specifically, there are other cannabinoids that have shown to induce sleep and help with insomnia. CBG or cannabigerol uh, specifically has been shown to help get deeper sleep. And for athletes, uh, that helps improve your recovery uh, because all of the recovery process basically takes place while you're sleeping. And then there's also uh, CBN, which is cannabinol. And it actually forms in the cannabis the longer you have it. So if you let it sit out, um, and this isn't something you can like do at home, it would have to specifically be grown and um, kind of cured to this process to develop higher levels of CBN. But CBN specifically has a sedative effect. So if you go into certain shops, you will see um, not all of them test for other cannabinoids or other terpene profiles, but I have seen some that will show whether or not they have CBG or CBN. And um, those have the, the help with insomnia. Mm-hmm. The other one we touched on was anxiety. Yeah, so CBD specifically for anxiety uh, definitely helps. I actually consume CBD before I do a lot of my speeches, but I also consume THC. Um, the good thing about consuming just CBD is it doesn't have a psychoactive effect. And a lot of times the psychoactive effect can cause people to get nervous or get anxiety. So if you're one of those people that it has that effect on, then I wouldn't recommend it. But CBD specifically um, can give you a kind of a calmer sense of focus. 
And it has been shown to um, not just help with anxiety, but also help with other uh, neurological issues. So I believe that it has a positive impact on just how your brain is reacting to stressful environments, kind of like uh, an adaptogen like ashwagandha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a guest who likened it to wearing a helmet that, you know, it's a, it's a neuroprotectant and life is full of toxins and, and uh, things that you need protection from. Um, yeah, the U.S. government actually holds a patent. Uh, it's patent number 6630507. And that U.S. patent states that CBD has powerful effects as an antioxidant and a neuroprotectant. I'm hoping it's helped with Heather's epilepsy. Yes, she actually just um, she celebrated her one-year anniversary um, for no seizures. That's great. I think that was in October. I lose track of all the days, but I know it was sometime in October. A full year. That's awesome. Now, is that CBD itself or is that THC as well? THC as well. Yeah. She consumes all of the same products I do. We actually, uh, we both do the testing. So she gets a variety of products that she tests. And then we also purchase our own products. We talked a little about the future state and you mentioned a, a vision of like walking into GNC and seeing uh, an array of cannabis products. What else do you predict as, as the word gets out that this is not the devil's weed. This is something that can help you live a, a more healthy life. Right now, um, you're going to start seeing, you're already seeing it if you're paying attention to the cannabis industry and the marketing, but you're going to see a huge um, intersection between the health and fitness industry and the cannabis industry. And this has already started. Just this year, um, a CBD company called Pure Spectrum was the title sponsor for uh, the Reebok CrossFit Games. So the entire Reebok CrossFit Games was uh, sponsored by Pure Spectrum, and they had a ton of athletes there, and they were talking about the benefits of consuming or choosing to consume cannabis over dangerous anti-inflammatory medications like ibuprofen um, or Tylenol. Because mm -hmm. ibuprofen and Tylenol have been shown, like they're proven to um, cause internal bleeding. Um, they can cause ulcers. There's all sorts of damage to your liver and other organs and your intestines. And CBD has none of that. CBD actually um, has the same anti-inflammatory effects without all of the negative effects. And I say negative effects because they're not side effects. Side effects is a term that the medical industry uses to get us to not realize that when you take this medicine, this is what it does to you. Yeah. I mean, there's stories of professional athletes who've kind of knocked out their livers, you know, by choking down too much Tylenol or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's been NBA players and NFL players, and there's been such a stigma for so long. And, and maybe that's another thing we can look forward to is uh, as it becomes legal in more and more states, you said 32 states now, and maybe federal legalization is, is coming. But I think we can look forward to that stigma going away and then just people learning more about how to integrate it into their daily regime. Yeah, definitely. The, um, the future, too, the World Anti-Doping Agency, they recently removed CBD from its banned substances list. So um, they oversee a lot of 
athletic organizations like the NFL. Um, but it's up to the individual organizations to choose whether or not they follow that code. But the fact that the world anti-doping agency decided that CBD does have medicinal benefits and it can help athletes is a huge move in the right direction. Tell us about where we can find you online, where we can learn about your events and the services you offer. Sure. So our website will be up by the end of this month, and um, it's an entirely revamped website. It's at greenhousehealthy.com. You can find us on all of the social platforms at greenhousehealthy, and then you can check me out on Instagram at greenhousehealthyhuman. Awesome. Are you doing the 420 games this year? We didn't do the 420 games this year because we focused specifically on Colorado, and then they haven't released the schedule for next year. So we're looking at doing um, a few different races next year, but we're also going to be focusing on doing more events of our own as far as hosting educational and athletic events and then spreading those throughout uh, the country, not just in Colorado. Well, definitely give me a heads up when you're heading for uh, Southern California. I would love to attend. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Antonio, for sharing your time with us and your expertise. I know our audience is going to love this. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Tom. You've been listening to Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast with Thomas J. For more on medicinal cannabis for baby boomers, visit us at cannaboomers.com.